As a leader in advanced HVAC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness, with a focus on personal comfort and prosperous communities. Mitsubishi offers a variety of indoor options, including high-wall floor mount, duct handlers, and extremely popular one-way ceiling cassette. Climate systems are great for a single room or the entire home, providing 100% capacity to minus 5 degrees. A full range of control options including Wi-Fi, touchscreen, and thermostats, and simple remotes are available to meet every customer's needs. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. For more information, go to MitsubishiComfort.com. Finley is a 26-year-old U.S. Army veteran who came upon a solution that changed the course of his life. That solution involved money and building a foundation for a more meaningful and purpose-driven life. He shares what he has learned in his classes, presentations, and his four books, Financial Happiness, What Color is the Sky, Graduation, and Now What? Welcome, Mike. Good afternoon. Mark Madison here on Books and People. Today, I am excited about our guest, Mr. Michael Finley, author, speaker, financial expert. Michael, how are you? I'm fine, Mark, and I'm happy to be here. Okay. So we met in Iowa, Cedar Falls. What? Two months ago? Yeah, I'd say that's about right. I got to Dalton Plumbing and Heating early, and you were conducting a a little kind of mini seminar with maybe 15 or 20 of the employees and we exchanged books. And I got to tell you, I started reading your book and I couldn't put it down and I had to resist the temptation to read it all the way through because your chapters are so short. I was, it was like cheesecake, <laughs> right? You can't eat a whole cheesecake. You just have to have one slice and then go, okay, that was so good. But I have to ask before we get dive deep into this, What's with the pink wig? Well, there's there's layers that goes to the pink wig, Mark. But in the very basic premise of it is I want people to think differently. And when you do start to think differently, you start sticking out like a crazy guy in a pink wig. And I want the individual to start to understand how powerful they are as an individual and how much how much they have to achieve that's within them. And if they spend most of their days as part of the herd, as trying to be something that others want them to be, they're never really going to realize what their potential is. So I use that pink wig as a way to show people that it's okay to be different, weird, and even strange. Because at the end of the day, you can be crazy enough to simply be yourself. Yes. And potential is like an iceberg. Most of it's under the waterline. Very much so. And once the individual fully acknowledges that and, and believes that, they start seeking that knowledge. They start seeking what it is below the surface that really makes them who they truly are, the real version of themselves. You have a fascinating story, and I love the way you weave your personal insights and history into the lessons, but you joined the Army at a pretty young age. Yeah, I was 19 years old. I was lost, 
and I was confused. And uh, my father, who gave me the boot that I needed, told me I had to find some other place to live as I graduated <laughs> high school. My parents said the same thing. That's why I'm laughing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. And, and, you know, as a young man, that's what I needed. Uh, I was scared. I was fearful of a world that I didn't understand. And the U.S. Army was a great place to start learning, not just about the world, but about myself. And your journey, you started, you know, just like every GI does, you know, you buy a car, you get some insurance, you start listening to people you think are smarter than you. And as your book talks about, you find out those people don't have your best interests at heart. Would you mind explaining that a little bit? Sure. Well, I, I really just started doing what I saw around me because I had no financial education. Uh, I, had, I had nothing to guide me. So I ended up just haphazardly listening to other people around me who were older and supposedly wiser. And that was a mistake, but I didn't know. I just didn't know any better. Right. And through that process, I ended up with the intentions of doing well with my money, investing it and doing poorly. And I had to learn the hard way, but as I stayed in the book, it's nobody's fault, but my own. It was right. my ignorance that caused that mess. And it was going to be my initiative to get out of it. And it took you, what, four or five years before you woke up and said, wait a minute, I'm in a hole. I mean, I love the way you described it in the book. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit. Well, it took me about five years of yeah. really just, again, doing what many people do, which is just giving your money to the financial industry and thinking they've got control of it and they're going to make good use of it. And when somebody asked me for some investing advice and they asked me questions and I knew nothing and it made me feel so stupid, mm. that's the impetus I had to go read my first financial book. And it was called Wealth Without Risk by Charles Gibbons. Yes. And that book was really the beginning for me. And it it gave me the the uh, the courage, I guess, to go my own way, to believe in myself, and to start changing what I was doing, because what I was doing was taking me down the wrong path. Right. And you, you know, it's really clear, uh, you're an autodidact, and I'd like to think I am too. You look for answers in books from people who are way smarter than you. And almost like an onion, you started peeling these layers of peeling them away these people who were essentially making money off of you but you, it wasn't impacting or positively your net worth i think of it as collective wisdom and i didn't really understand what that was at the time but as i started to read and learn from some really amazing people i was able to start piecing together how to do this better how to actually create wealth as an individual pretty much outside of an industry that's created to basically slice a piece of my money off for them. Right. And through that collective wisdom, that's when I really started putting things together, you know, connecting the dots in my head. And it took a little time, but I am certainly in the camp where uh, I'm a big believer in that 10,000 hour rule. Right. 
10 years, 10,000 hours, whichever comes first. Right. And it, and there's no shortcuts. You, you don't gain that kind of knowledge and understanding overnight. I had to expose myself to a lot of information and a lot of authors. And I had to apply what I was learning as I was going along. And I still made some mistakes, but I started making more better decisions. And through that process, I changed the course of my life. It's almost like a puzzle, wasn't it? You started putting pieces together one by one. Very you, you much talk so. about You talk about a creation. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Can you talk about that a little bit? So it's the process of accretion. Accretion, and thank you. It's a matter of building on top of another. So for some people, they think of it as scaffolding. For me, I think of it as layers. You're building knowledge on top of the previous layer, on top of the previous layer. And by doing that, you gather a depth of knowledge that you can tap into as time goes on. So it's not learning on a shallow level. It's learning on a very deep level as you connect multiple dots along the way. And I found that to be very, very important. And I still continue to do that today. I still continue to read and add to what I think I know because right. I know there's something more I can learn. Yeah. Yeah, you're a real student, even though you've, you've you know, mentioned the 10,000 hours, that's Malcolm Gladwell's reference to mastery in any discipline, whatever that discipline is. But as a real student, you're still studying, you're still reading, you're still connecting the dots, as you say. Uh, and I'll stay you... a student. As long as I'm standing upright, I will always be a student because I believe there's always more information to learn, to add to what we know. And ultimately, to help one another. Yeah. So when when did you decide? Do you remember the day you said, "Okay, I got to put all this down on paper somehow"? What inspired you to write "Financial Happiness"? I was in my forties, late forties, and I started to put together a newsletter to help uh, mm -hmm. college students with their financial education. And was it a I printed started, newsletter? Uh, yeah, Michael? it was a it was a uh, email newsletter that okay. I would send out once a week, a one page newsletter. And it was my way of just trying to share lessons that I'd learned over time. And I was gradually accumulating uh, college students as the recipients of this, trying to help them better understand the world of money. Mm. And over weeks, what I. I came to realize was I was writing a book. <laughs> Accretion, one brick at a time. Exactly. And so as the months went on, I became more aware of that. I was a little more mindful of that. And I started to start piecing together how I was going to put together this book to not just help college students, but to help anybody who's ready and willing to change the course of their life, not just financially, but on a broader scale. Right. It also explains my next question is why only two pages per chapter with a great, great quote at the end. Your quotes are amazing. And I've used many of those quotes and, and I just, I feel so connected to this book, but I love the fact that it only takes me five or 10 minutes to read those two pages. Sure. So part of, there's more than one reason for that. But one of the bigger reasons was, first, I didn't start reading until I was 25 years old. 
Mm. I'm not necessarily proud of that, but it's the truth. Right. And for me, reading had a major impact on my life. And so one of my goals is to get more people reading. And so for some people, that seems more difficult than it should be. They, they haven't quite started doing it yet. So I thought to myself, how can I create a book for those people who don't read? And I'm proud to say I've had multiple people tell me that the first book they read from start to finish was Financial Happiness. Right. I had to resist the temptation, Michael, to read it all the way through. I got so excited after the first couple of chapters. And then I realized, whoa, Mark, this isn't a book that you read like a novel and then say, okay, I'm done with it. Where's the next book? You go through these principles and they hit you over the head like a two by four. And you say, okay, I've got to reevaluate my insurance. I've got to reevaluate my savings plan. So it's, it's almost like every chapter is a uh, is an assignment. Yes. And that's, that's kind of the intent. Uh, I know some people will read through it quickly and some will stop and pause and evaluate. And sometimes, you know, for some, because everybody learns differently. I realize right. that some people are going to need to read all the way through and then go back and read it again and go through the steps to change what they're doing or evaluate. Others are going to evaluate and change as they go along. And whatever method works for the individual, then go ahead and do that. Right. But there is depth into that book that a second, a third, a fourth read is going to pull out, which is what I learned over time. So, for example, there are maybe 15 to 20 books that I read every single year. Mm. And I've read them eight, nine, 10, 12 times. And it's because I get something new out of that book, not because the book has changed. It's because I have changed. You bring a new awareness to the table with each read. Exactly. God, I, that's so, so true. But how do you, I, I'm just curious, how do you go about finding, because you, I start my books out with a, with a quote at the beginning of each chapter and you do that at the end. Uh, do you write the, the chapter and then look for the quote? Yeah. So the way I write, I, I write, I just write stories. I write the, the chapter, if you will. And then I will connect the, the quotes to the chapter. But the truth is, I, I've, been, I've been quoting people most of my life. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if you were to say to me, you know, Finley, you might have written that chapter because of a quote that you heard and saw 10 years prior. Right. And I wouldn't argue that. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't argue that my book isn't anything more than a collection of all the wisdom I've received. Right. It's it's me simply trying to put together a book in a way that anybody could take and learn from based on what I've learned. And it really comes through the, you know, the wisdom and the, the collective wisdom, as you like to say, uh, it's, <laughs> They're, they're principles, you know, like it's like a law, like gravity. It was like, well, I don't believe in gravity. Well, step off a 25-story building and see how that works for you. Yes, indeed. Right? These are principles. They don't change. They're they're timeless. There's a great quote 
at the back of chapter six from Nelson Mandela, it says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Boy, nobody knows that better than spending 27 years in Robin's prison than Nelson Mandela. That's exactly right. And it's a reminder that, you know, there are, there have been amazing people who've come before us. We can learn from them. You know, I learned, luckily, fairly early in my life that there are amazing people just waiting to share their stories, their successes, their failures with us contained in books. And so when I say books changed the course of my life, that's not an exaggeration at all. Right. They gave me insight into success, into happiness, into living a life uh, of my dreams. Right. Well, the name of this podcast is Mark Madison on Books and People, and it's because of a quote from Charlie Tremendous Jones. And he said, you'll be the same guy in five years, except for two things, the books you read and the people you associate with. And you're a living example of that. I mean, every single every single one of those books some part of it made its way into your story. That's exactly right. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the people that have been willing to help me along the way. And I've had a lot of help. Uh, I've been lucky in so many ways. And so in many ways, I'm simply trying to pay that forward. I'm trying to help others as I've been helped before. Yeah. I interviewed a guy named Pat McCarthy. He was the top salesman at Nordstrom for years, like 10 years in a row. And no one was even close to him in terms of sales production. And I took him to breakfast after I read his book, The Nordstrom Way, and I just couldn't put it down. And he, you know, he said, you have to give back to the bucket of life. And that's really what I'm hearing you say is you're giving back what you, what you learn so assiduously over time uh, to help, to help initially young people. I, I had to laugh. In 2003, I started, well, before that, I was sending out a newsletter where I, it was a one page and I printed it and I mailed it and I got up to like 300 people I was mailing it to. And it was nuts because it was so much work. And I don't know that I was getting that bigger return on it. And then I discovered uh, a couple of different books. One was um, Dan, not Dan Pointer, but uh, it was email el dorado by jeffrey lant and the other was permission marketing by seth godin and those two books i said i can do this i can do this electronically i can send out an e-zine and i've been doing it ever since now is are you still doing the electronic newsletter i do i do the uh, newsletter through my website uh it's all interconnected with uh facebook i have a finheads uh, page for education on money and life. I, I do classes. I do in-person meetings. I really try to do this whole synergy with many different ways to reach people. And for me, it, it's not about money. Uh, right. I have enough. So my days of chasing after more money are really over. My, my hope is to share as much as I can with as many people as I can for as long as I can. And any way I can do that, I will. Was George Clayson's book, The Richest Man in Babylon, was that one of the books on your list? Yes. Yep. I That certainly was a, a very good book that helped me. 
again, some of the simplest books, simplest concepts can guide you down the right path. Right. Oh, it's just, so in order to get your book, you the only way you can purchase it is on your website. Is that correct? Sure. Well, then go through my website and it takes you straight to Amazon. So it's on Amazon. Okay. It's on Barnes okay. & Noble. Uh, people can contact me directly. How uh, how does someone get a hold of financial happiness? Uh, the easiest way would be you can go to probably just go straight to Amazon or go to my website and hit on the book and it'll take you to Amazon. Uh, you can reach out to me. And again, that's available ebook. It's available audio. Because again, how do you learn best? Right. And figure that out, but start learning. Don't don't delay it. Don't wait. Get started. That's my message. Yesterday I spoke to oh about a hundred people in Las Vegas uh, from a company called Relodyne. They're an oil distribution company, but it's mostly salespeople. And I asked them, I said, how many of you would rather listen to a book than read it? And I've been asking my audiences every time now. 60% of the room, every single time, says audio. The world's yep. changed. So we have to deliver the information the way they like to receive it, not the way we like to send it. I'm with you, Mark. And that's that's what I try to do. I try to get an, a reading of the audience and you try to provide the information in a format that they all are willing to consume and are ready to consume. And I'm sure this isn't the first time you've heard this, but as I was reading your book, my one of my first thought was, I have to get copies of this for my grown sons who are in their 30s and doing really well. They have good jobs and they have solid marriages and they own their own home. But I'm thinking, this is the book I wish I'd have read in my 20s and 30s. Do you get that a lot? Parents wanting to send this book to their kids? Well, I, I do. I... I also, you know, that's kind of one of my messages, which is this is not just about uh, benefiting yourself, no matter where you are in your life, but it's about learning about this information. So then you can share that with people that you love. Right. And so you're making my message, your message, as you change lives with this information. Yeah. And so I, I'm happy to, to, to see that and watch people really take the message and run with it so let me ask you this because people ask me this do you if if i order your book can i get a signed copy for my kids yes you can ah, Just go through me that's so great and go through the contact page on my website the crazy man in the pink wig.com <laughs> that's so sticky that's a meme i believe it is mark oh yes. my gosh so and the truth is uh, the majority of people know me by the pink wig guy. Right. That's how most people know me, which is perfectly fine. Uh, I am, uh, my message is not about me. It's about the power of you. Right. I started wearing a cowboy hat a few years ago, whenever I speak. And now I have like three or four Stetson hats that I wear, but I let people know I'm all hat and no cattle. You know, I'm not a real cowboy. My wife has a horse and she's a cowgirl, but I'm just kind of guilty by association. Uh, you, How many presentations do you do a year? Do you know? Oh, might be uh, 80 to 100. Yeah, I thought as much. Are they mostly in Iowa where you're from? Yes and no. I'll be going down to Florida here in a week and doing one down there. 
Okay. Uh, I do Zoom now with Zoom. Do presentations via Zoom. Nice. And uh, that's the other hundred ten thousand hour rule that I have been working on for for quite some time as well. And that's speaking, right? So speaking is a whole nother skill set from yes. financial knowledge. And so uh, I continue to work on that skill as I help people better connect to this message. Do you think you've found your authentic voice? And what I mean by that is people tell me that when they read my books, it's and if they heard me speak, they say, I can literally hear your voice when I read the book. Do you feel like yeah. as a speaker that you've reached, you found your authentic voice? Yes. And it does take time. I have had people say that to me as well. And what what I finally came to realize, and it just takes time, I believe, is just let go and be your true self. You don't yeah. have to be anything else but the best you. So once I stopped trying to be a, a great presenter and just focused on being the very best presenter I could be, uh, I got a lot better. Right. And I started not just presenting, but performing. And so once I realized that people were really looking for a performance, that's when I started having a, a bigger impact on the audience. Do you bring the pink wig with you? At times. <laughs> uh, I, it's it's always there metaphorically, as I tell people. Uh, and people ask me about it often. And that's great. I, I want them to be thinking differently. Uh, if they look at me like, what exactly is he up to? I, I want them to understand that my message is is to think differently, to be different, to start to really be the true version of yourself because each one of us is unique. God, it's so true. Uh, I I use something I call the three things formula. And it's it's really simple. Take any category. In basketball, it's defense, free throws, and rebounds. In football, it's the kicking game, turnovers, and clock management. Heck, in the 12-step rooms, it's trust God, clean house, help others it's all there's always three things right sure. leadership is, is where's the bus going who's on the bus and are they in the right seat on the bus so and I, i'm putting you on the spot here but uh what are your three things to financial happiness <sighs> yeah i know i know because there's, there's so much in this book and i'm asking you to pare down like 27 principles down to three but okay so here's what i would say and and this is it took me a long time to figure this out uh, at the very beginning, when I started helping people, I I thought the number one thing they had to do was to believe in themselves. But I was wrong. It took me about a decade to learn that. Mm. The number one thing a person needs to, to, to believe is really someone to believe in them. That's when we as individuals start to believe in ourselves. So you, you need someone to care enough to believe in you. So you you need somebody in your corner to say, you can do this. So yes. that's number one. And once you have that, and then you bind this idea that, yes, I can do this. I, I can I can learn this and apply it. So that'd be number two. And then number three would be uh, unconditional giving. So a, a big premise of my message is right out of the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell. Mm -hmm. it, it, it drives much of what I do and say. And the hero's journey in simple terms is just kind of what I just talked about. You separate from
from the current world that you're in, a safe place, and you, you're entering a new world that is unknown and scary and quite possibly dangerous. But then through trials and tribulations, you become initiated into this new world. You, you grow and learn through all those struggles, but you're not done. You must return, return with what you've learned to share with others so they too can take their own hero's journey. You got to give it away to keep it is what I'm hearing you say. Very much so. Uh, that that return piece is something that took me a while to fully understand and realize. But I would tell you, the greatest feeling that I receive is not by looking at the size of my portfolio. It's by sitting down and helping this person get this further ahead with their life, not just their finances, but their life. And then that right. person and that that unconditional giving makes life so much more worth living. And you're exactly right. This book, yes, it's about financial happiness, but it's also about becoming a better version of yourself. It's very much a personal development story. Uh, and you find yourself through the process. You know, that that's that's what I did. I didn't know that I was going through this journey of of identifying who I truly was and who I wanted to be, but that's what happened. And that's the message that's contained within the book. Take this trip, take this journey, trust in it, trust in you. And you might be just amazed what you might find. I got a hunch you do some gigs every year pro bono, which is Latin for free. Is that true? Yes. Uh, for the most part, uh, if people ask me, uh, I'll be there. Now, it, based on the organization, right? A, a, a lot of organizations don't have a lot of money uh, and they're trying to help their group of people. And I am I am happy to help them. This, this is not about money. It, it's about finding ways to help people who could use a helping hand, just like I need it. Once one time in my life, I needed somebody to to reach out and help me when I needed help. And I really wasn't able to do much to, to pay them for that. But they did it unconditionally. And, you know, I owe them forever. And right. anything I can do to return that favor, I will. A gentleman came to my high school when I was a sophomore and he spoke. And then I went down afterwards and said, is there more? And he handed me a brochure and it was a two-day seminar. And I convinced my mother to spend $45 and drive me to Seattle University on Super Bowl weekend in 1971. And it literally changed my life because I learned how to set goals. I learned about attitude and I learned about self-esteem. And and there's, you, my guess is, and I, again, I'm projecting here, but my guess is, the most rewarding thing about what you do are the letters, the emails, the phone calls from people saying, I applied the principles you shared and it changed my financial situation. Very much so. And they follow that with it changed my life. Yes. And that that's it. Friend that, of mine said, peace of mind is the name of the game. And if they follow, if the readers, if your readers follow the instructions in financial happiness, they'll get peace of mind and more. Yes, you'll you'll find peace in your life and money is just a way to help you build a foundation 
to, to live the real life, the true version of what your life was meant to be. One friend of mine said, money is a measurement of your progress as a human being. Would you agree with that? To some degree, yes. It, you know, a lot of times I'm speaking to people about money and it's not really about money. Right. <laughs> You're just applying money in a way to create this better life. Right. And, and it gives you the freedom to do that. So that that's why we manage money well, is it gives us the opportunity and the the possibilities of what our life could be because we've now conquered this understanding of money. How did Billy Pierce find you or how did you find him? I helped his, uh, the previous owner uh, with his 401k. So often yeah. I help individuals and with their individual finances. And I see again and again and again, very bad high fee 401ks. Right. And so I helped them switch over to low fee 401ks like a Vanguard 401k. And that's what I did for his boss. And of course, Billy benefited from that at current time as an employee. Now he benefits as an employer. And just right. through that one decision, that previous owner, he changed the lives of every employee there. Right. And you could you know this, you walk into Dalton Plumbing and Heating and you can feel the high morale, low turnover environment. People are happy. It's, a, it's right. a joyous culture. That's and exactly help, right. And it you help shape that. Uh, I played a part. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we all play a part. And we, we have to be willing to, you know, as Theodore Roosevelt once said, be that man in the arena. The man whose face is marred with dust and sweat and blood. Who knows neither the victory of the, the how does the rest of that go? You have Yeah, you've uh, got to be willing to struggle, fall flat on your face, go through trials and tribulations, but at least you were the man standing up and fighting. Yes. Be the man in the arena. Who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotion, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and at the worst, if he fails. At least he fails daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. Exactly. That's at the end of chapter seven of your book. And TR is one of my heroes. Well, my friend, I am so grateful for, for you carving out a chunk of your day to do this podcast. Thank you so much. The And the last question I would ask, it's kind of a postscript question. P.S. Here's a parting shot. Here's one thing I want you to remember. Well, thank you, Mark, for this time. My my parting shot would be, you can do this. You know, mm -hmm. to anyone listening to this today, and, and you're not quite sure if you can take control of your finances or your life, I want you to know that you can do it. You can put in the time you can learn it. it. It's not brain surgery. And what it will do is not just only change your finances, it will change the course of your life. So right. it's worth going down this path and it's worth becoming the best version of you. There's a place in heaven for you, my friend. I just, I'm so grateful we had this time together. 
I have a I have a little plaque in my office that says only one life that soon is passed, only what's done with love will last. And you're doing what you're doing with love. Well, thank you, Mark. And yes, I am doing it with love. And what I found again and again and again is that when I help people, they have the inclination to help others. Right. So it, it just follows one after another. We we receive what we put out into the universe. The law of cause and effect. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Michael, for carving out the time today. And uh, we only have a little minute or two to go. So one last time, how does somebody get a hold of you? And how does somebody get a hold of one of your books? So they can go to the crazy man in the pink wig.com. It's my website. Hit on the books. You can go through that pathway. You can reach out and contact me directly from that website. You can get a signed copy of my books. There's four of them. You can see the YouTube videos, listen to them at your time, whatever time sensitive you have. Basically, however you want to learn, I'm willing to help. And that website is a good portal to get you there. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. As a leader in advanced HVC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness. From electric cars to electric water heaters to electric heating and cooling, the future is electric. The demand for all of our electric heat pumps have never been greater. So there's no better time to join our community of premier contractors and grow your business. Here are some of the reasons why partnering with Mitsubishi Electric is a great idea. Mitsubishi is the number one selling heat pump in America and has been the industry leader for over 35 years. Mitsubishi offers local technical support and has a network of excellent distributors. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. To find out more, contact MitsubishiComfort.com. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans.